week, as uh, we are all aware, is uh, Shabbat Parshat Shkalim. And we're going to be Mavorchim HaChodesh for Ador Hasheni. We're getting now the four Shabbatot that lead to Shabbat HaGadol and to Pesach. Parshat Shkolim is intimately connected with the Mishkan. In a regular year, so to speak, a 12-month year, Parshat Shkolim usually is Parshat Mishpatim, which is the Shabbat before we read about the construction of the Mishkan, the five parshiyos that end Chumishmot. In a leap year such as this year, Parshat Shkalim comes in Vayakhel, smack in the middle of the parshiyot that deal with the Mishkan. Is there a connection or is just a uh, calendar uh, coincidence? Well, if it's a calendar coincidence, uh, that's not good for rabbis. So we are therefore impelled to find the connection. And I think the connection is fairly obvious. And it's historically proven. We read in the Chumash, rather in the Medrash, in the Skasha Moshe. Moshe didn't understand Parsha Shkolim. He didn't understand the Machsis Hashekam. So what does that mean? That he didn't understand the Marxist Hashem. He didn't understand Pura Aduma either. What's, what's the issue here? So the Medrash says that the Rabboni Shalom Kaviochel in heaven they showed Moshe a Matbeya Shalesh. A mouse a shekel, a coin, money that was made from fire. And that, so to speak, explained it to Moshe. What the mitzvah is, what its purpose is, why it's important, etc. The Mishnah in Shkolim says, Be'echod be'ador, when it comes to the month of Ador, so they sent out shluchim to collect the matzis hashekel and to look over the roads to fix up the, the sidewalk so that people could walk to come to Yerushalayim. So Moshe doesn't understand the matzis hashekel and they show him in heaven a coin that's made of fire. 
we find in the construction of the Mishkan, the Medrash tells us that there was another matter that Moshe didn't understand. Just as he did not understand the Mopsis HaShekel, he didn't understand how the menorah could be made. Niskashem Moshe, same language. It was difficult for Moshe to understand how he's going to produce a menorah from this solid piece of gold. And there the answer again is fire. According to the Medrash, he took the gold and he threw it in the fire. And miraculously from that, there emerged the menorah in all of its glory. So we see again a connection between the Mishkan, which is the menorah was one of the major artifacts in the Mishkan, and between Moshe's difficulties in understanding the commandment that was given to him. So what's at the core of the problem here? And I think it's very simple. The core of the problem is that religion and money don't mix. The moment that religion becomes dependent upon money, or that money is able to exploit religion, you have problems. Religion strives for perfection. Money exists on the basis of imperfection. The Torah emphasizes the negation of greed. Nevertheless, the Gemara says, If you have a hundred shekel note in your pocket, you wish it were two hundred. That's the nature of human beings. So therefore, Niskashe Moshe. Moshe didn't understand. We're going to build a Mishkan. The Osuli Migdosh Vishachanti Besochom. You're going to make a base on Migdosh, and I will dwell amongst the Jewish people, and it's all spiritual. Vishachanti Besochom within them. Not in the building, but within their hearts and souls and minds. They're going to be a Mamlechas Kohanim Vegoi Kadosh, kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And Moshe says, You're going to contaminate it with money? You're going to ask for donations for the Mishkan? And you can collect the mafsis shekel to support it. It should all come from heaven. 
We're talking about spiritual greatness. We're we're talking about trying to avoid the pitfalls of greed and arrogance and of jealousy, everything that money breeds. There's a war going on in Eastern Europe now for no reason. But the reason is money. And money always conquers over human life, over anything that happens. So Nishkashi Moshe, Moshe didn't understand what's the Mavsus HaShekel, what are you doing here? On one hand, you say, and when you say you're going to be a Mamlachas Kohanim and a Goy Kodosh, Zgula Mikolaamim, and the other hand, uh, you, uh, either you're destroying them. And we see that the Torah itself is aware of the problem. Because by the Machsis Shekel it says, Oshir lo yarbe lo yamit. Everybody has to give the same. That was meant to somehow mollify the criticism. It was meant to eliminate uh, the differences between people when they gave to the uh, to the Mishkan to the Beis Hamikdash. But throughout uh, human history, and therefore throughout Jewish history as well, because all rumors to the contrary, notwithstanding, Jews are human beings. It always remained the problem. Nishkash Moshe on the menorah. Why does the menorah have to be pure gold? Because I'll tell us that in halacha, for instance, the chash made a menorah shpurim shel barzel. They took old iron and made the pipes out of it, and that was the menorah when they rededicated the Beit HaMikdash after driving out the Greeks. Men couldn't afford a Beben shall goes off. And Shlomo Melech, when he built the first Beit HaMikdash, made ten menorahs out of gold. So Meniskash Moshe, Moshe said, you know, this is a Beit HaMikdash. How could this be? Now, if we look in world history, we see, uh, it's not a lecture in world history, but, uh, but the, everything is Torah. Um, it was the, the, the Catholic Church was undone by its wealth in the 16th century. I mean, if you uh, see uh, Vatican City and Art, gold, marble, uh, no limit, absolutely no limits. The richest institution in the world. 
Well, you know, money corrupts. It corrupted the whole structure. That's why there was the Protestant Reformation. That's why the church has been on the decline ever since. Because it doesn't mix. You want to say you represent the poor and the downtrodden, the meek. Everything that you espouse and then take a look at the gold and the silver and the ivory and what are you talking about? I remember uh, in Miami Beach when I we used to go on the front of his I had the pleasure and honor of driving him. So uh, I had a rabbinic car all of my life. It had to be a car that was not new, was not big. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, Minimal car. I remember that uh, when I was a lawyer, so the uh, senior partner in the firm said to me, he said, uh, go out and buy an Oldsmobile. You can't drive a Chevrolet and be in this firm. I told him, uh, can't afford an Oldsmobile. He said, it has nothing to do with whether you can afford it or not. You have to present yourself. If you drive an Oldsmobile, people will think you're a good lawyer. If you drive a Chevrolet, they'll think you're a schlump. So to me, that was an eye-opener of how the world looks at things. I was very young then. It was 23. So when I became a Rav in Miami, so they were balabatin, they would say to me, Rabbi, you should get a nicer car. Doesn't reflect well upon the synagogue that you're driving, you know, six-year-old car. They were so desperate that eventually they bought me a car. It meant so much to them. So I always had my wife drive the good car and I drove the other one. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't register correctly. And that's why it's in discussion, Moshe. Moshe was troubled by all of this. He's just troubled by the master Sashekel. He's tro- troubled by a pure gold menorah. Troubled by it. So the Rabboni Shalom showed him things that were made of fire. What is fire? 
Tyre is the most productive thing in the world and the most destructive thing in the world. It depends when and where and to what purpose it is put. Fire warms us, gives us energy, it helps us produce goods. It's the basic tool of humanity. Chazal tell us that Oromarishon created fire on Motsoe Shabbos. That's why in Havdolah we say Bore Mure Oesh. Without fire there's no civilization. There's no chance for advancement. On the other hand, the fire is terribly destructive. <clears throat> the whole weaponry today is based on fire. Explosions. We have fires that can destroy millions that are shot. So it depends how we deal with fire. Depends to what purposes we uh, prepare fire for use. One of the tragedies in the world is, from time immemorial, that uh, one of the largest industries in the world is making destructive weapons. And as technology advances, the weapons become more and more destructive. The example is a simple yesterday's news. Cyber attack. Use of computers. And then there's no electricity. Destroy the grid of electricity in Kiev or in other places in the Ukraine. So the computers are a wonder. Their, today's world is based on them. The greatest invention possible. And on the other hand, they can destroy everything. So when Moshe didn't understand the Masters of Shekel, the Rabboni Shalom showed him fire, a coin made of fire. In effect, saying to Moshe, the coin is neutral. There's nothing inherently evil in coins. Money is not necessarily the root of all evil. Depends what you do with it. What purposes is it to be employed? For what purposes is it to be employed? What's the goal here? And therefore there are a few rules that the Torah gave us regarding money that enable money to be made of fire that's productive. The first rule is what we find by Avram Avinu. 
king of Zdom tells him, Avram, you saved me. You defeated the kings. So take the money. And Avram Avinu says, I won't take a thread. I won't take a shoelace from you. So that you'll never be able to say, Ani Sharti is Avram. Avram says, you didn't make me wealthy. If I think that you're the one that's making me wealthy, so I have lost the battle already. And we find that Moshe says that in the, the Chumash, he says to the Jewish people at the end of his life, Al Tomar don't not say, My greatness, my strength, my genius created all of this wealth. comes from a different source. Your energy comes from the Rabboni Shalom that enables you to be successful. So the first rule is, where does it come from? That's a hard rule to enforce because the ego of people is such that we're not willing to admit that. We're convinced somehow that it's us. That's why you have so many experts in the world. And that's why the experts are almost, without exception, continually wrong. All the predictions, everything's all worth nothing. No one foresaw Corona, no one foresaw Putin, no one foresaw anything. So who says you're so smart? A little humility would go a long way. So the Rabbi Shalom showed Moshe fire. What are you going to do now that you have it? For what purposes are you going to use it? And that's what Rabboni Shalom told him, that we're going to use it. First of all, we're going to use it to count people. Count people in Judaism means make people count. We want to deal with every individual. There's no one to be wasted. You have all of these midrashim about Moshe, uh, how he pursues... uh, a lost sheep in order to save it, one sheep out of the flock. He can come back to uh, Israel and tell them, you know, it was a bad day and the sheep ran away. So it ran away. But if you have the Masis Ashekel, so then everyone counts equally. 
So what do you mean you lost the Jew? How'd you lose him? Where'd he go? Why did he go? And that's a uh, constant challenge to us. That's the fire. So what are you going to do with the money now, Moshe? So you're going to build a Mishkan? You're going to fix the roads? You're going to have Jews come to Jerusalem? What are you going to do with it? And the question always by Shlomo HaMelech is, what are you going to do with everything that I gave you? You made ten menorahs, but is that what it's for? And that's the great challenge, the great uh, problem that exists in every generation and with every person. How are we going to deal with these things? We say... uh, I want to discuss it tonight if I'm able. If it doesn't rain too hard. There was a time that Jews used to say PU team on Parshat Shkoli. There's a whole set of ritual religious poetry that was composed for. Shabbat Parshat Shkolim to be recited in Shachris and Musaf. That custom has pretty much disappeared, but I remember it yet as a child. My father Shulayo said all the piyuti. So one of the, the, there's a sentence in the Piyot that says, V'shekel esor bebayis nochon v'nisor. I promise you, God, that I will bring my shekel in the great building that will be built, and I'll do it for your sake. So it says, it doesn't say v'shekel etain, I will give a shekel. It says shekel esor, I will raise a shekel. I will lift up a shekel. Our task in life is to lift up the shekel. To give it purpose. To be able to say, no one can tell me on the Sharti is Avram. And I'm going to use my shekel for bias nochom venisa, for a great and good purpose. For causes and ideas and people that I can create a world with my shekel. And the same thing is due as how to create a menorah. And I do all of this with the knowledge that I'm playing with fire. 
the famous story from the Kotzker about the Kotzker. There are certain personalities in Jewish history for which there are uh, an entire literature of legend has been built around the person. And uh, Menachem Mendel Morgenstern, the Rebbe of Kotzk, is one of those people. So one of the legends about him is that a very wealthy man came to him and gave him a solid gold coin. It's worth a great deal of money. Kutzker lived uh, in absolute poverty. He wanted it to be that way. It's okay. Somebody's preparing for shots. Making the soup, I hear. A little more salt. So uh, the man gave the Kotzker his great solid gold coin. And Kotzker picked it up and he looked at it. He held it in the light. And he turned it on all angles. And the gold flashed in the light. And then the Kotzker took the coin and he spat on it. And he threw it on the floor. And the legend is that that wealthy man never again enjoyed money. No matter what. Because the Kotzker had killed that within him. No one uh, in Jewish life preaches poverty as a way of life. We are not uh, the Essenes. We are not in monasteries. That's not uh, what the Torah commanded us. That's not where the Yamanivchor. Nevertheless, the Torah wanted us to always understand that we're playing with fire. It's not that simple a matter. And that, so to speak, our approach to it will determine what we are. And therefore, the Gemara says, Yisrael. The Jewish people do much better when they're poor than when they're wealthy. We see that throughout Jewish history. The Torah says, Vayishman Yisrael Vayivot. Shomanto, Viso, Kosiso. He got fat. He had too much. So this balance, which is so difficult to achieve, is represented by the fact that the parsha of Shkolim 
and the Parshas of the Mishkan coincide. They occur at the same time. It's not a calendar accident. It's a lesson. So, shkolim that go into the Mishkan, they're made of fire, and that's a productive fire. Shkolim that go otherwhere, other places, for other purposes, there's also fire, but many times it's destructive. There are Jews in the world that unfortunately invest billions of dollars in social programs and ideas that are destructive. And I think there's no uh, greater frustration that a person can have to realize that everything that he thought he was doing was for good, that it turns out not to be for good. That he missed the mark completely. So therefore, shekel eso babayis nocho veniso. I'll raise the shekel. I'll give it a higher purpose. Then I'll be able to have a bias nocho veniso. Then we can use it for the Beit HaMikdash. We can use it for Shochanti Besocham. We can use it for holiness. And in so doing, then we no longer have contradictions. And in fact, we fulfill the purpose for which the mitzvah was given to take the shkolim, to take the gold for the menorah, and use it for positive purposes. So Shabbat Shalom, everyone, and thank you for coming. Uh, This Saturday night, we have a lecture on Joseph Stalin.